Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. It's Peter here, and I want to get this out in the beginning of the week. So this one is going to talk about building an internal media buying team. Um, I'll share our story a little bit, and then I'll dive into the tactics here. But if you haven't done so already, make sure you're following the channel. Just click subscribe, click like. It notifies you right away when new uh, videos and podcasts come out. And you could just get a head start on those. So just diving into it, our story is that we've always started off as internal media buyers. I mean, how my brother and I got into this industry is, it was about 12 years ago, we got involved mostly through the biz op vertical. So uh, we took some courses and they taught us how to promote offers online, kind of make money online, work from home, the biz op type of stuff. And we ended up buying a course taught by some BizOp guys, and the course taught us how to run ads on Facebook, Bing, Google, and it taught some SEO and blogging stuff. And I, I forget what the course was called, and I don't think it exists anymore. But at the time, it was about a $2,500 course, but it had some real golden nuggets in it. So my brother and I devoted ourselves to essentially learning how to become media buyers ourselves, and we spent the first five years in the industry just learning, learning, learning. I mean, going to conferences, going to different seminars, going to um, just l learning how to drive traffic and become media buyers. I mean, I remember there was many nights where I would be up at, you know, midnight or one in the morning watching a webinar on how to run Facebook ads or a seminar. And um, we also bought a lot of courses, too. So during the first three years of getting into the industry, almost every dollar we earned um, of profit, we ended up reinvesting back into our education. I remember it was maybe year two or three. We finally had a breakthrough. We earned $50,000 in a year. And um, <laughs> by the way, you guys got to remember that. I mean, we're 12 years into this. So literally when my brother and I started in, in the industry, I was about 20 years old in college, and my brother is a few years younger, so he was probably 18 at the time. So for us, I mean, these were still pretty decent numbers, you know, a college student making 50,000 bucks or something, right? It's it's kind of crazy how it started from nothing and then got so big. Um, but I, I just remember we invested a lot of our money into the education. We had... We struggled for about the first two years. So the first two years in this industry, we didn't really make any money. I mean, we kind of lost money or whatever we made was quickly lost by something else. I remember we also did stupid things too. Like, for example, one time we actually had a decent month where we made 10000 bucks, 15000 bucks a profit in a month. And at the time we thought we were, you know, ballers and stuff, right? But then um, we just did something dumb and we ended up, testing out a direct mail campaign and that cost $6,000 or $10,000 and we kind of just lost all the money we made just testing something very speculative and stuff and what we learned very early on is that you need to preserve your profits and you need to be reinvesting them into really proven avenues. I mean let's just put it on a, a bigger spectrum. Let's say for example you make $100,000 what you don't want to do is you don't want to take that $100,000 and then go just aimlessly, you know, test out some direct mail for 30 grand and some TV advertising for 20 grand. And you really want to build upon what's working and building upon proven things. And it took us a bunch of 
failures and a bunch of mistakes and learning lessons to figure that out. Now what we do in our business is if we want to test a speculative thing, we'll test it with a tiny fraction of our earnings. I mean, what we should have done at the time, way back then, was when we had that first $15,000 a month, we shouldn't have just dumped so much money into random tests like the direct mail and the SEO and all. We should have just sticked with what was proven. And then what we should have done, we should, we should have done, taken a tiny percentage and tested out some speculative, like the direct mail, just to see if it worked. I mean, we could have taken we could have taken two or three thousand dollars and but instead we're we didn't really know what we were doing so we just thought that buying traffic and you know testing new things and sending out the direct mails we we didn't we didn't really understand what we were doing and we thought that just buying traffic was going to make us more money it's not about buying traffic it's about buying profitable proven traffic so the story here is we got started very young. I was in college. My brother was entering into college. I mean, we practically been doing this internet marketing stuff from the mother's womb at, at this point. Um, and we learned how to be media buyers by absorbing all this training. So we took courses, we watched webinars, and um, the BizOp stuff had a lot of education, actually. So I mean, it's not it's not a terrible idea, but when we started off in the BizOp stuff, we joined one of these platform things called My Lead System Pro, MLSP, is what it was called. Some of you guys might even know what this is. <laughs> Some of you guys that have been um, in the BizOp space, right? These these different systems, these different platforms, whatever they call these things, right? So we we're participating in this My Lead System Pro thing, which was really just a, I guess it was a biz up in, in and of itself. and But it had a really good training aspect to it. They had a um, training library where they had all these archives and um, it was this, this serious library of training because what they did was whenever there was a webinar that taught on uh, different components like Facebook ads, Facebook audiences, lookalikes, all these different strategies, what they would do in this MLSP thing was they would record the webinar and then they would put it into the library. And so the library had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of these webinars to go through. So I remember the first couple of years in the industry, we just soaked this stuff up like a sponge. Literally every night for me was staying up until midnight or something, watching one of these recordings of the Twitter, the Facebook, uh, you know, just whatever. We're just recording after recording. I probably watched about one of these training seminars every night or every other night for just two years straight or something and just started learning, learning, learning about this media buying. And the reason why I emphasize all this is because in order to build a media buying team, I really believe that you need to be a media buyer. And if you're not personally going to be the media buyer, you're going to need someone in your company that is a leader that is going to spearhead this division. I think where a lot of people are going wrong is they don't have internal traffic. And then they're saying to themselves, I want to start internal traffic. So what they do is they go out and they get a media buyer. 
the problem is, is if you just go out and get a media buyer, you don't know what you're getting per se. I mean, it's it's kind of like the blind leading the blind. The reason why my brother and I are so successful at what we do and so successful at helping our media buyer team succeed is because my brother and I have been doing the media buying for 12 years. I mean, I don't even know how I would be operating an internal media buying team if I didn't know how to actually do the media buying. You know, literally for five, six years straight, our business was my brother and I, you know, personally running the Facebook ads and we did not even have any media buyers. We did not have a team. We did not have any employees. We had no help. It was literally us in the trenches doing it. And even though that was maybe not the most productive business model in a sense, it taught us a lot of skills and it taught us a lot of things. So now we're able to lead our media buying team very effectively because we know the in and outs of the Facebook, the tracking, the audiences, the pixels. We know all of the nuances, the CPMs and just um, all, everything that, that makes a difference. We're able to speak that language. We know what we're doing. And my brother himself is still single-handedly running ads. So I, in my opinion, to build an internal media buying team, I really believe that you need to become a master media buyer. And if it's not going to be you, again, it's got to be someone in your organization that can spearhead that division. Let's say you're listening to this audio, you're really good at sales, you're really good at, you know, operations, you're really good at leading a company, you have no idea how to do the media buying. Even if you're not going to become a master media buyer, you're going to have to get someone positioned in your company that becomes that master media buyer or is that master media buyer and then they're going to have to be very effective at leading that entire division again there has to to have a good media buyer organization in my opinion there has to be a strong leader or leaders leading those media buyers because if you if you don't have this what what you're doing is you're just trusting that the media buyers that you get to drive your traffic to to run your ads and I'm talking I'm talking all internal so the media buyers they're going to be spending your money in your ad accounts on your credit card managing your spend these guys need to know what they're doing and it's kind of risky if you don't know what you're doing. Your team and your organization and your leaders don't really know what they're doing. And then you just hire these media buyers, quote unquote, just because they say they're an expert. That seems like it's kind of like a train wreck waiting to happen because you just don't really understand what they're even doing. You're not able to speak their language. So again, in my opinion, and this might be you know, maybe a little difficult for some people listening to this that really don't have the media buying skills. But in my opinion, to build a really good division, media buying team, you need to become that media buyer that you want them to become. I mean, one of the reasons why my brother and I have been able to train up and and just do so well with our team is because most of our media buying team has been trained from us from the ground up, one of our best media buyers right now is absolutely crushing it, absolutely crushing it. 
I thought he was crushing it last year, and this year is just literally a whole different story. Um, last year he was producing hundred grand a day, two hundred grand a day, maybe on some record days. This year is just a whole different story. I mean, our top media buyer this year is literally producing three hundred grand a day or more on a regular basis. I mean, this guy is a superstar, but it's not just about him. It's about what he's built under him. So what we've been doing in our company is we've been encouraging our media buyers to to build a team within their team. We literally call it team within the team. So our top media buyer is a very good media buyer. Um, he was actually trained really from, not the ground up, but we really helped him to get to where he's at. I mean, when this particular guy came on board to our company, he was doing some campaigns in the affiliate space, definitely successfully, 20 grand a day, 30 grand a day. He was running a lot of solar, roofing, windows, and home services, and also some education offers. And we really um, took this guy under our wing. He actually purchased one of the trainings. I'm not making any kind of plug for these trainings because we'd we're kind of too busy to do the training. We haven't really been selling it lately. But at the time, we were offering something called the day in the office where someone could basically pay 10000 bucks and get two or three days just crash course. So this, how this media buyer became a media buyer for our company is actually was a student, took the training, took the course, um, the personal training. And then at the end of the course, we said, you know what? We feel like this guy's really talented and um, could do a really good job. Why don't we just see if he wants to just actually be a part of our company? Um, so we had that conversation. He felt like it was going to be a good fit. And then it, it, it's just been evolving from there. I mean, not every media buyer in our company has come on board and has produced millions or hundreds of thousands of dollars a day off the get-go. In fact, even this media buyer that I'm talking about that's our top one right now, I think he lost money his first couple months working um, with us. And then maybe by month three, he made like 7,000 bucks. And then month five, he had a breakthrough and had a $20,000 month of profit. And then, right, so it's been an evolution. And I think what people are missing sometimes is there some people are not seeing like the failures and the learning lessons and the mistakes and the evolution and the process that gets successful companies to where they are it's not always been just you know whatever you want to call it you know uh victory it's not it's not all been victories and glory and whatever it's it there's been probably more stress, more failures, and more kind of learning lessons than there even has been victories in some times and seasons in the business and stuff. But what's important is that you're evolving and that you're progressing. So in my opinion, to build a good internal media buying team is very important that either you personally become the best media buyer you can, or you partner with someone and then that's their mission to be this leader. You need a leader of the media buying team. You really need a, a leader. And then 
What we've been encouraging our media buyers to do is we've been encouraging them to build a team within their team. And the reason why is you can only do so much alone. If you are, and look at my brother and I, for example, we were only able to produce so much when it was just my brother and I. I mean, I was limited to, I was only able to run maybe three campaigns because I was very busy bringing on clients my brother was maybe able to handle six strong campaigns because um, he was focused solely on the campaigns and I was focused on mostly getting clients' campaigns. Right? There's only so much you can do by yourself. The second you start building out a team, um, suddenly you start leveraging other people's time. And there's really two big leverage points that you can get in business. It's other people's money... If you choose to do that, you know, f financing, credit, you can leverage other people's money to get ahead. My favorite, at least right now, is leveraging other people's time. Think about it. You can only do so much yourself, and you can only work so many hours in, in the day. There's, there's really only about 12 hours in the day that you can work, and that's if you're kind of working like crazy because the 12 hours would kind of imply that you're maybe working from 9 in the morning until 9 at night with zero breaks. But that's not realistic. Usually people are busting out a 12-hour day by starting at 8 in the morning. There's lunch break. There's dinner. There's an exercise. And then, right? So it's there's not that many hours in the day. And the only way you're going to get ahead is leverage. You have to leverage other people's time, other people's energy, other people's smartness, other people's insight. You, you're going to have to leverage other people. And you're going to have to leverage their time. And then if you need capital and you need funding, you might also need to leverage other people's money. You have to leverage. Because if you don't leverage, you're just looking at yourself and you're saying, okay, myself, I can work my butt off. I can do 12 hours a day, but you're just never going to get ahead just working, working, working just yourself. You have to leverage other people's time. And so let me describe basically what our team is focused on right now. Our team is focused on being the best media buyers that we can, but we're very focused on making sure that each of our media buyers is a leader in a sense of their own team. So our media buyers, they literally have a team within themselves. They have creative um, people, they have video editors, they have VAs that you know are constantly pausing ads, surfing ads, uh, managing budgets, um, one of our top media buyers even has a personal assistant that's just doing clerical manage, managerial things. I mean, because it gets very, very complicated at scale. Lots of moving pieces. You've got to be on top of the ROIs. When you're doing that kind of scale, you literally have to be checking the ROI throughout the whole day. And if it's deteriorating, you need to be making decisions and you need to be... Um, you, you also might get different types of performances out of different ad accounts. So what we've seen lately is some ad accounts have a cheaper CPM than other ad accounts. CPM is basically just this metric of what your cost is on Facebook, on any platform, cost per thousand in 
impressions, but you'd be surprised if you launched the exact same ad creative on 10 Facebook accounts, you will get absolutely terrible results, perhaps on a few of the accounts, maybe half of the accounts do okay, but then what you might realize is, oh my goodness, the exact same thing is absolutely crushing it on um, one or two ad accounts. And then next thing you know, maybe those two ad accounts are the ones you're really scaling, you're really diving into, and you're really doing a good job at. So it's there's a lot of moving pieces, and you're again, you, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, how do I build out my media buying team more? How do I get a media buying team? You're not going to accomplish that by just kind of hiring Mr. Media Buyer. Um, because some of these people that say they're media buyers, they, 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 they're just kind of a bunch of hot air, honestly. I, I, we've kind of been there, done that. I, I've, we hired a while ago, I mean years ago, maybe five, six years ago. We hired a few of these dudes that just, you know, present themselves as media buyer, you know, so expert. At the, it's just baloney, honestly. Half the time it's just been absolutely baloney. The best media buyers that we've found are people that are hungry, that are passionate about our industry, that are very skilled and creative. And we've usually trained them from the ground up at doing media buying our way, you know, or incorporating our way of doing things. And it's we've built up our media buyers. I mean, a lot of our success has been in finding folks that have been good, or decent, and turning them into superstars. Now, what's really interesting is if you are a very skilled media buyer, you can train these skills to other people. So, for example, one of our media buyers on our team actually has hired his sister, brother, cousins to help out basically media buying in within their team. Remember I talked about teams within the team, right? So we're really making this focus right now on because our company at the moment has about 12 media buyers, and we really consider these media buyers senior media buyers leaders is really what we consider these guys. And what we're encouraging them all to do now is really be formulating the, the team under them. Again, because there's a lot of moving pieces. There's ROI statistics, ad accounts, there's um, the there's creatives, there's ad copy, there's split testing. Um, depends on what vertical you're doing too. Some some verticals are very very hands on. If you're getting into uh, Nutra stuff, VSL. I mean, some of that stuff is really really heavy lifting in terms of um, creatives. You got to be making just boatloads of creatives and stuff because it's so competitive you're just like competing against all these other people doing weight loss and you got to come up with the best weight loss thing that's going to beat their weight loss thing and it just requires a serious amount of um testing so there's so many moving pieces that it's it going back to that other people's time it becomes a huge leverage when not only do you have media buyers under you, but then they have teams within themselves. So if they can have a video editor, an ad launcher, and um, copywriter, analytical person, landing pages. Do you know how much time it takes sometimes to make a good landing page? Let's say you're promoting an offer um, 
like a solar offer and you really want to go split test five or seven different landing pages, this is a very time-consuming task. Like if you don't have a team, if you just have a media buyer, and that, but then you do not have a team within that media buyer, what could happen is you wonder why the media buyer is not doing so well. I mean, they're not doing so well because they just spent eight hours making these like seven landing pages that they want to split test. But then you look at a different media buyer that has a team within themselves or a team within the team, whatever you want to call it. That media buyer just reaches out to their landing page guy and their team say, listen, we feel like the lander's converting only 40%. We need this lander 65% conversion rate from start to finish. Um, you know, can you build that out? Can you make me five landers? I want this done within, let's say, 48 hours. We want to test them, implement, right? And then as a media buyer, you start to act more like a leader. You're not just kind of this dude buying media. You're really a leader of your own division and your own company, even if you're working for another company. I mean, it's like you can have a company within the company in a sense, right? And um, it's just, we're seeing a lot of leverage with this, let's, to say the least. We're seeing a lot of success having this infrastructure. And I'm, I'm excited that it's working as well. It was a, um, I, I would say about a year ago, it was a concept. I don't know if you remember on the YouTube channel, it was, it might have even been more than a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, I did a few of those YouTube videos when I was at the lake and driving home from the lake, and I kind of had this whole concept of the team within the team and how it, I think it was going to be the next biggest thing, and I, I was so excited about it. We started implementing it, and it really has been working. Um, we're just seeing a lot of efficiency. We're seeing a lot of leverage. We're seeing a lot of um, quickness, and it's we can get stuff done quick. We can get stuff done very, very fast, and I think that's important. So I'm going to keep this one a little bit shorter today, but some takeaways here is that if it, I, sometimes it is difficult. I, I think the biggest kind of challenge in the industry are these broker folks that are trying to start up the internal traffic, and I, I think it's a challenge because it's kind of a bandwidth thing. Like, let's say you're a broker, you're some kind of network, you're brokering offers. It's like, when do you really have time to go figure out this media buying stuff? I mean, the media buying stuff does take a lot of time to figure it out. It, it took my brother and I at least, like, at least three years to really nail it in a strong way. But again, if you're in that kind of position, if you're listening to this audio and you're a broker type of person that's just kind of brokering stuff to other publishers, you really want to start up your own internal team, I recommend you either start learning it yourself or you get a key point of contact on your team that can start pioneering it. And you're going to have to make it a devotion. I mean, let's say that you're too busy to um, do the media buying if you're some kind of broker, whatever. I mean, you're going to have to find that person. You're going to have to find that, that Joe or that... Tom or whoever it is on your team that devotes themselves to that training, that education, they become successful as a media buyer and then they can train other people. The problem is if you don't have anybody in your organization that's the master media buyer, it, it, it literally is like the, the blind leading the blind because you, you're, you're just not able to um, uh, 
You're not able to lead a media buying team properly if no one in your organization is is crushing that um, division. It, it's almost like it's almost like trying to have a sales team, but then no one in the company is really that good at selling and stuff, right? It's gonna be it's just kind of sketchy. Um, one of the reasons why our company is so successful too is I I personally am extremely good at sales. I'm really good at closing. I'm just really, really good at sales. I grew up doing sales. I basically eat, sleep, breathe sales. And I've been able to build a very strong sales team. I got some of the best salespeople in the industry. We have great commission structures, great um, rapport, great team environment. And then we pair that with my brother who's an absolutely phenomenal media buyer, such good creativity, such good skills. Um, so what we're doing right now in our company is I'm really leading our sales team, mostly as a primary focus, and my brother's leading the media buying team. But you you need these these masters, you know, you, you need someone who's good at, at, at these things. So, um, let's do this. I'm going to wrap this up for now, but I want to also give some, some tips to, I think, I think some of the folks that are just struggling to get this media buying stuff off the ground. Cause again, it, it's been, it's kind of a, what is it? I can't, think of the terminology that I'm looking for here, but it, it's kind of something we like. I, I kind of like how there's not that many companies that are good at the internal media buying because it actually, it, it racks up a lot of demand for this stuff. I mean, seriously, the the fact that our company, for example, is able to come in and and just media buy, or it, there's a lot of opportunity due to the fact that so many companies don't actually know how to do the media buying. I mean, you know what was funny is that um, it was about three weeks ago, one of our clients accidentally you know, copied everyone on the email. I don't know if you've gotten that before, but let, let's say you're working with a client and they were supposed to send out an email blast and then they forget to do the blind CC and you basically get an email and it, it just kind of, oh yeah, it sh shows all of the affiliates they have because they forgot to do the blind CC. What was really interesting is we got one of these emails the other week, like, hey, could you, you know, pause? It was some kind of mass email, like, could you omit this state or could you change the hours of operation or could you pause the offer, right? They forgot to copy people on it, so we were able to, you know, see by them forgetting to copy on it, every affiliate they work with. And what's crazy, absolutely nuts, is that almost 85%, 90% of every single affiliate, quote unquote, that this company was working with was not even actually a like publisher. It was just some kind of network. It was some kind of like paper call network, some kind of affiliate network, some kind of I was just kind of blown away. I said, oh my goodness. I mean, there is such a problem in the industry. There's just such a problem where it's like there's so few people that actually know how to produce the actual traffic. There's more brokers than affiliates. Much more broker. I mean, 
Um, there's there's more brokers than publishers really that I've seen, and then 80, 90 percent of the companies that are signed up to to run all these deals for different people are just they're just broker operations and stuff, and it's just it's just crazy when you think about it. But going back to these tips, if you're really looking to build an internal media buying team, I think you're going to have to suck it up. And you're going to have to figure out how to be the best media buyer that you can possibly be. And you know what? Even if you're one of these brokers and you're really busy and you don't really have time for the media buying thing, you're going to have to make the time. Again, going back to what I was saying, you're either going to have to hire that point person to do it on your team or you're going to have to personally do it. And maybe maybe you're just going to have to do it. I mean, seriously, I feel like, you know, in my personal life, I think I'm at the stage of life now where I am trying to find some more balance in my life. I'm trying to get some more balance between family, personal life, business, but I hate to say it, but a huge component of our success was probably not having that much balance. In the last 10 years, I mean, we've been working pretty hard and pretty fanatically, and I think there is a time for balance, I really do, but I also think there is a time for grinding and a time to really figuring things out. I mean, it, it, let's say you're one of these broker types of folks, you, you want the internal team, you want to figure out how to get this internal stuff going, you might have to add hours to your day when it's not normally been there. I mean, maybe maybe your normal work day is nine in the morning until about six or seven at night, which could be pretty typical for, you know, kind of a sole proprietor, broker kind of person in this industry that's doing stuff. It's, but let's say you really want to master this media buying. You want to get better at it. You want to learn more about it. You want to learn all the ins and outs, how to make the landing pages, how to do the tracking, how to optimize, how to split test properly, how to make your own video ads. I, I seriously think that you have to learn all of these skills so that you're able to duplicate these skills. I really believe you have to know how to make your own video ads. You have to know how to make your own landers. You have to know how to launch the ads. You need to know how to do these different Facebook strategies like duplicating of the ad sets. Do you do ABO? Do you do CBO? Do you surf? Do you not surf the campaigns? Do you, what is your strategy? Do you run everything on one ad account? Do you run on, you know, 20 ad accounts with a tiny budget across all 20 to try to leverage? I mean, what, what is your strategy? And I don't think there's one, people might be all oh, to teach me the secret strategy. I don't think there's one strategy. There's a lot of different ways to skin the cat in a sense in, in this media buying stuff. But it's if you want to get good at media buying, it's too expensive for you to go hire some kind of point person to be that person on your team, and it's all up to you, and you just want to figure out how to make this internal media buying stuff work, you might have to put in those extra hours. You might have to do your normal job, your normal stuff, whatever it is, from 9 in the morning until 6 or 7 at night. 
you might have to take a dinner break, and then you might have to hit the laptop at like 9 p.m. and dive into that training, dive into that stuff. I mean, it's a, you're, I've rarely seen people get ahead without some kind of extra effort, sacrifice. It's, I, it's been very rare that someone has just been working a standard nine to five. And it's not all just about the hours. It's about just the, the effort. Again, I, I feel like 90% of our success has been attributed to the fact that we've been willing to go the extra mile. I've been willing to work at three in the morning when no one else has. I've been willing to do the training stuff for five years when we started getting into the industry. I was willing to watch those webinars every other night at midnight, webinar after webinar, training after training, course after course. And I think that sometimes this kind of extraordinary efforts are needed. Are you going to do that forever? No, I think it's kind of phases. I think it's, I think it really is phases. If, if you ask some of these guys, like, um, go, go to some of these guys like Bill Gates, Mark Cuban, some of these different billionaire guys, do you know how much some of these dudes worked to get their business off the ground? You, there's literally pictures of, you know, Bill Gates in an office with the computer, and it's just you could tell that he, you know, he he never left the office, right? It's like you you can tell with some of these guys that it's a um, there's so much drive and passion behind it, and let's face it, is Bill Gates. In, in in the one-room office, busting out 17 hours a day now? No, he's not. He's past that stage. But I feel like what some people miss is they, they miss that stage. I think there is a time and a place to really grind, to really put in the extra mile, and to really achieve those goals. And you're not going to be able to do it forever, perhaps. And if you try to do it, forever at too much intensity you might burn out but it, again it's 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 important to go the extra mile i feel like for me i kind of came off the gate pretty hot when i was 20 and in the young 20s and then you know maybe i've been backing off a little bit in terms of just the sheer hours but i feel like at this point i'm at the stage in my life where I want to work smarter instead of harder. Because what I've realized is that everyone has the same amount of hours in the day. Okay, you have just as many hours as Bill Gates. You have just as many hours as Mark Cuban, Warren Buffett, Elon Musk even. And I hate to say it, but half these guys are not even smarter than you. Are they smart? Yes. Did they go to the best college? Not all of them. Some didn't even go to a college. Some of them just were at the right place at the right time. And some just have the right business model. I, I've i come to the conclusion that 90% of success is dependent on having the right business model. Seriously. I mean, if you have some junky business model, you're just not going to be that successful. 
business model is the secret to success. If you want to know, it's you don't have to be the smartest person. You could be an <clears throat> you can be an average person, and you can stumble across a phenomenal business model, and and you could make more money than ninety five percent of people out there. So business model is important. Is really important. Do I believe I have the best business model? No, I don't believe I have the best business model, but I believe I have a decent enough business model to at least produce one to five hundred million dollars a year of revenue. Maybe more if we were to do the right things. I mean, but do I have a business model right now that it could actually produce ten billion dollars, five billion dollars of revenue? No, I don't. I mean, I know I, I really don't believe that I have the kind of business model to do that. And you know, maybe at some point we search around for bigger, better business models. But what I do know is where we're at now is we do believe we have a good with this affiliate marketing stuff, the lead generation, media buying affiliate marketing stuff, it's a good enough business model to produce some numbers. I mean, last year, our company produced about $50 million of revenue, which is good. It's not where I want to be. It's okay, in my opinion. I'm happier with this year, though, because... um, Someone on our team, I, I personally haven't been like calculating the numbers all the time. I've just been very focused on ROI. I've been focused on campaigns, ROI. I've been focusing on EPCs, like how the offers are doing. I've been focusing on getting clients, sales. I'm not sitting around looking at the numbers and just crunching it on a calculator all the time. But I talked to someone on my team lately and they told me that we were pacing they think we're going to end the year with 80 to 90 million dollars of revenue this year i mean that is very good for a work from home business with 22 employees 80 90 million dollars i mean it's very good i believe that the business model we have is probably good enough for five to six hundred million dollars a year of revenue, maybe seven hundred million dollars a year of revenue. And I'm I'm just basing this off of other companies that are extremely sizable in our space. DMS, Media Alpha, Quinn Street, Zeta Global, right? I mean, these are big some of the biggest players in our space. And if you look at them, the the size of their companies are like $300 million a year to maybe the peak of $700 million a year. I mean, um, Media Alpha, I believe, is a publicly traded company. I believe, because I want to say that I was, I think I was, I, re- I really do, because th- I was researching them um, the other month, and I was looking into their financials, and I was looking into their revenues, and I want to say, it was 2018 or 2019, like the year before the coronavirus hit. I think that Media Alpha did six to seven hundred million dollars of top line revenue, mostly from car insurance verticals. I want to say, if I, again, I'm a little flaky on this research because it was a while ago and it was just kind of 
something I was checking out out of curiosity. But what I like to do in our business is I, I do like to look up to these big players, quote unquote, right? And it, for us, we're very humble. It's like no matter how much revenue we do, it's like I, I want to be able to look up to someone. I want to be able to look up to examples. Like where is someone and where could we be? One of my biggest examples has been the Zeta. I really like Zeta is a, a really good example of a company in our space. I've always been fond of them. Um, I like what they do. They're very professional. I like the corporate style that they take. And I think Zeta has been doing about $500 million a year of revenue. So for me, where I'm basing this opportunity um, from is I'm basing this opportunity based off of the examples that I see, right? Media Alpha, $700 million a year. $600 million, whatever the number is, I think their business took a hit. They kind of lost a lot of the car insurance or whatever it was. It wasn't actually that specified in the financials, but they took some kind of hit. Revenues crashed down to $350 million a year revenue, and they've been having a hard time climbing it back up. But you, Quinn Street, big, right? You, You look at these examples and that's where I'm basing the opportunity of I I for me there is no excuse we are going to get to those sizes I mean that's just what we believe that's a goal of ours a mission and the way I look at it is if these other companies can do it we could absolutely do it there's nothing making them any um better or different some of them do have special proprietary software though that helps out with that revenue but at least on the media buying side there's nothing different there's nothing these companies are doing that is making them better at the media buying better at running the ads and stuff um so what i believe is i believe this affiliate marketing stuff is a very good opportunity i feel like the upside the upside is is conservatively 200 million to 700 million dollar a year company perhaps more perhaps more um clickbank is a really good example of a company they do something a little bit different than some of us lead generation folks but clickbank with the vsls and the whatever you the the vsl stuff the Nutra, VSLs, ClickBank, I think, is very, very close, if not there, to be doing $1 billion a year of revenue. They pro- These guys produce a lot. They they produce a significant amount. I think that they've either, this, this year, they might hit the billion-dollar-a-year revenue. So then that kind of expands the opportunity. So, so then you, it gets me thinking, okay, maybe this internet marketing affiliate stuff, maybe it's not just capped out at $600, $700 million a year. If ClickBank is able to develop something that has a billion dollars a year, maybe there's something to be had here, right? So again, guys, do I think we have the best business opportunity in the world? Probably not. I'm, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> you know, probably not. I think that... I think 
Apple, Amazon, Facebook themselves, you know, Microsoft, I, uh, these chip companies, he's like, hey, uh, I think there's probably better opportunities out there that can make more money, but I don't think that this internet marketing stuff is too shabby. And what's good about it as well is that you can do it from home. You could do it somewhat on your own time. You're still going to have to work hard and you might have to put in really long hours, but it's, it's, it's a good opportunity. And you could also do it without ridiculously large size team. I mean, for us, we have around 22 employees. Half of those employees are media buyers. The other half are salespeople and client success team. We have about 22 people all in. And we have some accounting people as well. We'll probably hit around $80 million, $90 million this year with 22 people. So the thing about the model of industry that we have is you could produce big numbers without that many people, right? So with some other companies, I know um, I know someone who used to work for a different company in a different industry in the advertising space. They were doing a lot of advertising for grocery stores and different things. And what's absolutely crazy is that their company was only doing about $30 million of sales, but they had so many employees. They had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of employees. I said, man, how do these people make any kind of profit margin? I mean, they sure, they do the $30 million, but it's so many employees, right? So what's great about the model we have is we feel like it's very lean, but could do a lot of, of numbers. I was talking to my team the other day, about it in particular and we think that if we wanted to do over 200 million dollars a year we think we would maybe have to double the size of the team maybe instead of 22 employees maybe we got to grow to 44 or something or 40 it's it's not it's not going to take hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of employees because um all it's going to take to get there is more campaigns to run. I mean, the media, the affiliate marketing model is very simple. It's campaigns and success on those campaigns and then making sure they don't stop and getting more of them. It's, it's, it's just, it's not that difficult. And I think sometimes people overthink it. I think you just have to, there, there are a lot of factors but what's important is if you were to narrow down the whole entire model in a nutshell, it's basically you have to find successful campaigns, well, successful verticals. Maybe we start with verticals. Find a successful vertical, verticals. Figure out how to succeed in that vertical. Scale it up as big as you possibly can and then make sure it doesn't stop and make sure it doesn't fall apart. Where people go wrong is they mess it up. They... They have something working and then they run some ads that are too aggressive or uncompliant or something and, and they blow what they have going. And and that's the issue is that you, you don't want to be blowing what you have going. One of the reasons we've been so successful is we've been layering. I talked about this a while ago, a while ago on, on different um, 
topics on this channel is this 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 concept of stacking or layering how you make a lot of money in this industry is you have one successful campaign you figure out how to do it properly so that it doesn't stop you have to get the quality leads like everything needs to line up the quality it needs to be clean you can't be doing crazy aggressive dirty things it needs to be something that is sustainable okay so you get one campaign you figure out how to succeed on it and then you figure out how to make the camp the campaign not stop not fall apart then you get another campaign you do the same you get another campaign you do the same you do another 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 next thing you know you have 20 or 30 plus campaigns that are all going and they're all long-term long-lasting is very very sustainable and by the way it's going to be very challenging to do this if it's not being done internally because if you're just relying on a third party publisher to do this for you it's it's like very dicey a lot of times it's very very dicey because think about it if you have a let's say you're trying to broker stuff you and you have a publisher i mean they can get a campaign successful under you but then they could just circumvent you or something. They could just go to the direct advertiser. They can go around you. They could try to do it themselves. I mean, tr trust me, a lot of the publishers are, they're looking for the best for them, you know? They really, they, but but that's it's not necessarily a bad thing. I feel like kind of everyone in the industry is really just looking for the best for them. But I think sometimes you just need to take, going back to the whole topic of this entire podcast episode here, is take matters into your own hands, get that internal marketing going. Because how are you supposed to have a campaign that lasts? And then a second campaign that lasts, and a third campaign that lasts, and so on. How are you going to do that if it's not done internally? You have to get one publisher and hope they never leave. Get another publisher, hope they never leave. Get another one. Hope they never leave. Oh, by the way, by the time you got the third one, the first already left. And, you know, it's just like um, a revolving door. It's like a leaky bucket. It's like filling up a bucket and there's just leaking at the bottom. It's not sustainable. It's, 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 it's likely not sustainable. Let's put it that way. Are there some companies that are sustaining that model? Sure. But the probability is that the publishers are going to be leaving they're going to be hitting your offer for a month and they're going to be gone tomorrow. A lot of them. So what I believe is that the internal stuff is very important because the internal can bring sustainability. But going back to this whole thing in this podcast is there are so many there. It is really a art. It's a skill. It's a master. You really need is not the easiest thing you need to learn you know it's to become a master of one of these platforms like youtube google display tiktok facebook it, it's there's so many components it's not just the ads is is where to get ad accounts and like i was saying earlier not every ad account is equal you can get 10 different ad accounts and it gets so complex too with this facebook stuff you can get ad accounts from different countries you can get an ad account from the u.s you can get an ad account from south america europe china um canada there it's crazy when you get into this stuff that what you find i mean um you might find that the 
you know, the CPMs. We tried out some Facebook accounts from Japan that were supposed to be all hot and stuff. They had terrible, terrible CPMs, just really bad. Really bad, like seventy, eighty, ninety dollars CPM, so bad. Um, these accounts had a very low fee. The the provider we were getting from was pretty reliable, but they were just not performing. So there's just so many factors that are involved in the media buying thing that you just want to become a master at. It. You want to become a master at the, you know, the the accounts. Um, and then, depending on what verticals you're doing as well, you might have to get politically approved um, Facebook accounts as well. Um, there's just so many factors and so many things, but I, I just, you should focus on it. Just focus on it. And because if you don't, if you don't master the internal stuff, you're, your growth is going to be very muted. I, I can tell you that. I, I know this is a fact, actually, because there's a um, there's an affiliate network. I'm not going to name their name. There's an affiliate network that has been around longer than I have even been doing this industry. Again, my brother and I have been in this for about 12 years. So there's affiliate networks that are much older than 12 years and what I've seen is they've struggled to grow they've got into a size generally a good affiliate network has been able to get to 30 to 60 million dollars size a good one has been able to get maybe 50 million dollar a year size but the issue is that I've looked at some of these affiliate networks and for the last like 20 years 15 years they haven't been able to grow much more than like the 50 million size and the issue is this leaky bucket thing in my opinion it's like how are they supposed to grow past that if you know for every affiliate they get they're just losing another affiliate and it's just there's there's really not much loyalty in the whole brokering thing and the affiliate network thing so I know it's not the easiest route, and it's 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 definitely not the lazy route. But just figuring out how to how to do the traffic yourself, um, in my opinion, is absolutely vital for the sustainability and for the long term. So, guys, reach out if you need anything. Um, I want to do a quick plug for something. Actually, um, we have something in our business called a referral program. How the referral program works is if you have a client that would be interested in working with us, so we would generate leads. We've been doing a lot of lead gen. We would generate leads for the client. And usually these leads are either web form leads or they are paper call type of leads where it's a uh, Facebook ad inbound call. Okay, so either or. If you have a client that you feel like could be a good fit for the lead gen, reach out to me. Shoot me an email. My email is peterday at optimizedtoconvert.com. You can also Skype me. Just search, just look up peterday3640 is the Skype handle. Reach out to me if you have a good client. Um, 
that can benefit from our services of the media buying, the internal media buying. Because if you do, there could be a lucrative deal to set up. I set up a deal with a guy last year. I forget the exact specifics of the deal because it's changed a few times over the course of the year. But um, where we sit with this guy right now is we pay him one dollar a lead is the deal basically so we're, we're generating leads we're generating leads for the client that he um, he he referred us to this sizable insurance client sizable one and the deal we have with him is we pay him one dollar a lead I think we owe him this dollar a lead for a couple years but it's turned into a very sizable thing because this client that he referred is now placing orders with us for 2,000 leads a day. So what was just the referral here is now turned into like a $2,000 a day income stream. This guy just referring the client over. So my plug in this podcast is if you have a client that is a sizable would be ideal we're really looking for more clients in the insurance space right now so it could be life insurance health insurance it could be final expense medicare auto um those are the main insurance types really that are prominent but we're looking for more we're looking to build out our insurance even further and we could use some more direct and sizable um, clients, not small folks, not brokers. If you know, if someone's just going to refer some other broker, that that doesn't seem to make sense to me. But if you're listening to this podcast and you say, "Listen, I, I have a I have a direct client. I have an in at some kind of insurance company. I have a way to." facilitate that or I can make that kind of introduction or referral reach out if you have those kind of connections or some of those referrals because we can cut a deal um, with you similar to the deal we did with the other guy where we give you know a buck or two a lead for a period of time usually it's a couple of years it could be very very lucrative if you refer the right thing and they actually start placing orders of a few thousand leads a day literally it could be a two thousand dollar a day or more um income stream just pretty much overnight for making the um, the introduction and, 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 and making it happen. So if if you have this kind of opportunity, reach out. This is a very lucrative thing that's on my mind. It could be lucrative for you. Um, it could be lucrative for us. It could be a real win-win. We also have strong visibility um, into this too. So what we've developed as well for this uh, referral program is we've developed real-time tracking and visibility to where if you refer a client not only can you be paid on it but you'll actually see how much it's earning and how many leads are coming in with a live portal so there's no there's no mystery there's no you know blind trusting you will literally see before your eyes like okay I referred this client the client worked it didn't work whatever the outcome was but you could see you referred this client and um you can literally see full transparency 
with your own login how much um, they're earning and stuff and then you could also obviously verify those earnings just by asking the client directly as well to make sure it lines up with the tracking system but we have a very strong um, program for this very successful and yeah that's been the best success story with this program though is the guy that's referred and he referred the client doing 2,000 leads a day we also have a smaller success story um, though as well we have a success story with it where someone referred a um, a company they started buying lead they're doing about 500 leads a day still it's about a five is it that's about a five hundred dollar a day um, opportunity that that referral so in my opinion I think it's lucrative it's a win-win it also might be an easier way to work with us than just brokering something because you got to realize if you're just brokering something to us it's not always the most strategic thing it's just kind of you know you're the broker we're the publisher if you're able to refer a client to us directly then we get to work directly with the client you get paid anyway on the referral commission and then we're able to actually have a strategic relationship with a client and therefore it could do more traffic as well so keep these things in mind uh, reach out if there's any opportunity and have a good week and I'll see you in the next podcast. We'll talk soon.